Hello, this is James Erskine from Rocket and the Rocket Fuel Podcast. We're going to do something a bit different this week. Normally, the Rocket Fuel Podcast is a one-to-one interview program where we get to know the guests, get to know about their work, and then ask them for some rocket fuel, something that can power us through our jobs in media, marketing, tech, the creative space. This week is a bit different. We're still going to focus on youth culture, youth marketing, but we're going to talk to some guests, four different guests, two of which we've been lucky enough to speak to recently for full editions of Rocket Fuel. One is Lucy Loveridge from Gleam. They're the big social talent management business. The other is Natasha Briefel from Badu, and she heads up their brand and marketing in the UK. And Lucy gives us a really brilliant insight into how their talent have been adapting. Natasha speaks uh, quite insightfully on dating in lockdown. We then talk to a friend of mine who is both an influencer and works for an influencer marketing service business called Becky Flint. And then to conclude, we're going to get some insights from my colleague at Rocket, Danny Collins. And you might even get a chat with my children as well. So this is our lockdown special. It might be shorter than normal, but we'll be back to full length next week. If you think somebody would get something out of this podcast, be sure to give it a five-star review. Be sure to recommend it to someone or simply um, tune in next week. This is our lockdown special of Rocket Fuel. Let's talk about the crazy times that we live in now. We're about, as we recall, we're four weeks into lockdown or, or this is the start of the fourth week. How on earth, a stupid question perhaps, how on earth are people dating via an app whilst we're in lockdown? It's a great great question because (laughs) it's a really interesting time because on the one hand, you've got people at home feeling more isolated than ever and wanting to connect, yet our brand proposition is about getting people to meet in real life And they can't do that. So we're entering a very interesting era of virtual dating. Now, I believe this probably would have happened anyway, but coronavirus has sort of propelled this uh, process. So a lot of online brands are talking about video dating, video calling, um, you know, calling basically dating virtually yet we don't really know what this looks like or what it feels like or what you do on a virtual date so we are having to bring that to life for our community and in a way educate them on what virtual dating is and it's really interesting we're starting to see some really interesting trends people are cooking together people are Uh, online gaming together people are watching a sunrise on their laptops together so people are starting to get creative about how they date online so that was going to be my next question an online date to me strikes Mm -hmm. me as quite intense but I suppose if you have these activities in the background then I guess it's partly distraction but partly if you like engaging in something together yeah we know that For some people, because they don't really know what online dating is, there's a bit of a pressure. The reality is people right now are are in their PJs, on their sofa, cashing out. Um, And so how do you make that switch in your mind to online dating? Um, But I think people are 
our, our, our learning to understand what that is and potentially it is going to become the norm. Okay. And are you seeing any trends, any spikes? Are you seeing people more concerned with looks, less concerned with looks? Mm -hmm. do, do, what what yeah, are you we've, seeing? We've What's been, happening right we, now? We carry out uh, research on a, on a weekly basis almost to our users to find out what people are feeling, what their sentiment is. And one of the interesting things that you just pointed out is that people are caring less about looks so it's becoming less important to them but what is a really interesting trend is we're noticing that people are having what we call better quality conversations and what that means is people are chatting for longer exchanging more messages over a longer period of time more than ever before so there's almost this new um era of courtship happening we're getting to know each other better um i think when dating apps first launched when tinder launched there was you know the swipe culture just like swipe match you know maybe you meet up whereas now people are are, are becoming far more conversational which i think is a really great positive to come out of this uh, uh coronavirus period and are you seeing, you're seeing less users, but they're using the app for longer? So we know that if you are already registered with the app, a lot of people are coming back. So we've got more active users. In terms of sort of registrations, it's spiky. Um, different countries, depending on where they are in the stages of coronavirus, are showing trends. So... Really? I think it, when uh, coronavirus started kicking in, you know, you, people people are very worried about their economic situations. And so dating can feel like less of a priority right now. However, we are pretty sure that as lockdown starts to lift in, say, end of May, June, which is normally a peak time for online dating under normal circumstances i predict that a lot of people will be coming to the apps to sort of set up dates for when lockdown finally uh releases and, and, and singles are going to be really yeah. keen to connect with each other we're talking in week three of lockdown currently um <laughs> How have you noticed any shifts in the sort of content talent are creating? Have you noticed any wider social trends? Have you, how are Gleam and how are your talent reacting to, yeah, the current lockdown and the, and the wider global situation? Well, I think the joy of this uh, business is that nothing really changes in terms of the talent creating their content because they pretty much, they all create all of their content at home by themselves anyway. Um, you know, there's a few of them who might have a videographer occasionally and things like that. So that proved trickier. But for the most part, it's business as usual for them, which is which is brilliant. I think um, for those that were already creating sort of at home lifestyle content, actually, they're just finding that there's more people watching it and more people wanting it. So I don't know if anybody's clocked the sheer number of banana yep. breads being baked. Um, at Apparently, the you can still <laughs> buy like bread that. already made. I've heard that rumor, but <laughs> <laughs> a vicious rumor. Um, so yeah, there's kind of uh, their business as usual uh, from from my perspective. I think they they have all turned to TikTok um, in a 
I don't know sure. if it's a moment of boredom. A or moment of discovery. What it is. Yeah. Um, or excitement. Yeah, a bit of a moment of discovery. They're kind of, they're more open to ideas at the moment. Um, I was speaking to Facebook yesterday and I just said, if you, you know, if you've got anything that you want to float with any talent, now is the moment because they're open to ideas in a way that they, you know, they might not usually be as open. Um, so that's great. Um, and we're, we're definitely seeing a lot more TikToks. Becky, we've just heard from Lucy. You haven't, but our listeners have. And one of the things she was saying is lots of her talent are experimenting with TikTok. Have you noticed kind of any shifts in what social content creators are doing and and, and what's causing that? Is it purely boredom? I think it's I think it's really a big mixture because I've also kind of fallen into this TikTok um hell trap i don't know what to call it but as a consumer mainly um you know you just download the app i think we all had musically back in the day just to kind of see what it was about and didn't really get it and i think in the most recent months people have kind of definitely start to take it a little bit more seriously and also as a platform i think it's developed in a way which um is, is quite hard to put your finger on um but in terms of the way that their algorithm works and, and how curated the content that you watch and you like to watch is kind of fed back to you, um, I think it's really interesting. In terms of influencers kind of harnessing TikTok as a platform more, I definitely have seen an awful lot more influencers since the lockdown start TikTok accounts and then subsequently get a little bit frustrated at how difficult the algorithm is to um, to kind of reverse engineer, if you will. Um, but it is it definitely is a lot more influencers starting um, TikTok accounts and starting to create content solely for that platform. And, and is this kind of indicative of something bigger? Were they already graduating towards TikTok? Are, are audiences there waiting for them? What What's happening? I was at a roundtable with... Um, one TikToker in the UK, Michelle Elman, who also does Instagram um, and different social media as well, but she in particular was advocating very heavily for TikTok and she kind of phrased it as she was investing in her future by starting a TikTok account because social media, we've seen it over the past, you know, 10, 15 years now evolving and shifting in different ways. You know, Facebook used to be the the coolest, hippest platform for everybody to be on. And now you're kind of a little bit out of touch if you focus only on Facebook. And so having these new places to jump towards, such as TikTok, I think is uh, really important. And I think that influencers in particular, it's not just preserving their username on it, but it's actually seeing where where the consumers and where the audiences are are gravitating towards and, and spending most of their time on. Becky, are there things that brands can jump on around value? I mean, and, and does it change from a platform to platform? I'm hearing chat that everybody says influencer marketing is better value than ever before. But is that true? There are, there are more audiences on the social platforms. What's going on from kind of a, a cost and value perspective? I would always say that influencer marketing is a really um, great value avenue for you to perform your marketing activities through. That's why we do it. I definitely would say that influencers in particular they they will only introduce their audience to a brand if if they can justify it um because i think that a lot of audiences do get quite critical of influencers working with brands um and they kind of can see through it a little bit or you know oh you don't really take that supplement do you though or oh you don't really shop there so i think that that authenticity is the key um 
key point to any influencer's relationship with their audience. And if they don't have that authenticity, they probably won't be able to work with brands in the future because their audience just won't buy it. They won't be very valuable to the brand, won't get very good returns, and, and it just isn't a wise investment. So I think being respectful of that that authentic relationship um, is, is great. And it can work in both ways because actually if you... So at Pepper Studio, we do an awful lot of product seeding, which is working with brands to distribute their products before they actually sign into a longer term campaign. And that's simply just so the influencer can try out the product um, authentically by themselves before they actually engage with the campaign. Um, and, and when they're doing that, I mean, it's, it's natural for influencers to share their lives and share what they're up to and what they're using and what they're doing. And so if, if they're posting about a, a seeded product that we give them with the correct hashtags and disclosures um, actually brands can see an awful lot more of unexpected pieces of marketing than they might originally contract into are you seeing becky are you seeing different briefs different brands different things happening now we're in lockdown and also you seeing a slightly different tonal shift in the sort of content that's been created by influencers absolutely i mean every single piece of marketing that we've done with influencers since the beginning of the lockdown we've almost had to amend every single caption to either say oh this was captured before the virus for example if it's an image of them outside because we just know that the comments that they're going to get and also the influencers want to feel a little bit more comfortable with what they're posting um anybody posting content from out the outdoors at the moment will definitely be looked through in a different lens which is so so unusual and so un unprecedented for for um what we would have expected to be doing with the influence marketing are there any brands that you've seen that are winning any brands that are knocking it out the park or kind of subsection or, or vertical and has anybody kind of got the tone wrong i feel like i haven't seen anything that outstanding if i'm honest because i feel like a lot of the influence marketing pieces that I've seen go live have been quite samey during this time um, and it's either highly referential to the virus or doesn't mention it completely and I think it's about kind of meeting in the middle a little bit um, and also being respectful of the the kind of cultural tone that we're going through because most influencers audiences are, are made up of a variety of people um, and it's not just those who are staying at home in the same kind of luxurious no work kind of thing as the influencer but it's also people who are key workers who are watching and consuming their content and I think it's about being quite cautious with your tone and and how the posts are going to come across. One thing I've observed is this kind of I know we've had it before but whether we've had it on mass is we we sort of had heard that linear TV, so watching stuff as it served to us, was was over and that everything was going to be on, on demand. But one thing that has happened is we've seen Joe Wicks live at 9pm. We've seen recipes at 4pm. My darling daughter has her ballet class over Zoom at 2pm in the afternoon. These are fixed appointments, mass gatherings of people. Was that always going to happen again, Becky? Or is this, do you think it's been a slow journey to get here these kind of live moments seem to be a real takeaway from this current period it's fascinating how cyclical it is and this is why i've held on to having a tv license for so long when all of my peers are like oh i don't watch live tv whenever i sit down in front of my tv and watch something i get a real specific feeling that i'm part of the country you know the rest of the country is tuning into the exact same thing as i am and it's very grounding and and i've been saying this for quite a few years and Ever since this has gone down, I found myself watching live TV quite a lot as well. And I think that perhaps these, you know, specific um, time slotted 
if mass events which are taking place on TV, on online, anything like that. I think it's um, a feeling of, you know, groundedness that we can all appreciate at such an uncertain time. Um, Becky, have there been any kind of big social memes or moments during lockdown that you've seen happening? Um, one, one kind of social media uh, occurrence which I've seen is, um, for one, I think is the, the clap for carers, which is really kind of taking the internet by storm. We all thought that we would be clapping for one week only, but actually it's been really encouraging and quite surprising to see that it's it's um, taking place every single Thursday now. And I think that that's something that couldn't have really happened or been communicated effectively without social media. Um, similarly, the kind of run for heroes trend that I've seen an awful lot of people on Instagram, and actually it's primarily not my influencers that I follow, but it's, it's more my kind of peers who I'm following who are um, running 5K and donating um, five pounds minimum to the NHS once they've done it. And then they tag five friends and it goes on. And I'm very glad that I've not been tagged because I don't know if I could run a 5K but I will still donate. Um, but, you know, these kinds of social social action, I think that people are feeling a little bit like they're not so able to contribute to um, the community or, or really help out. Everyone feels a little bit helpless. And, you know, the idea that actually staying inside your house um, and, and not leaving for more than once a day is almost... Um, it is challenging, but also it feels like you're not really doing that much to help the country when, in fact, obviously doing that is is the biggest way in which every individual can help. So I can see these people um, taking different initiatives and, and social initiatives to try and um, help the community and, and help the country. You know, there are two that have struck me in terms of memes. One is... Um, the kind of socially distanced one. So things like that cover of Abbey Road and the Beatles being spread out further along. There was another one of um, um, other, other things being spaced out so they're socially distanced. But the other one that I've really loved, and this kind of addresses and puts technology and social media at the heart of a community, is I saw a tweet from the Telegraph journalist, Bryony Gordon, and she had tweeted that now for every child's birthday on her street, they all gather on their doorstep and sing happy birthday. And we've started doing it for everybody on our street as well, even the bloke that lives opposite who was 40. So we kind of, again, that's an example of everybody gathering out singing happy birthday. And it was a really touching moment. And that wouldn't have existed without the power of social media to bring us all together. It's lovely, isn't it? It kind of feels like the spirit of the neighbourhood is re-emerging ever since we've all been so so isolated, you know, in the past kind of months um, in just our, our own social communities, whether it's um, friends we keep in touch with over the phone or through our social media accounts. Now, actually, the only people that you can really see day to day is over a screen. And if you want to get that visual interaction, then you're stuck with the people in your local neighbourhood. And it's, it's really nice to just see that kind of local community spirit coming together. Okay, so two additional guests um, in our my home studio, which actually is the microphone plugged into my iPad by my bed at home. First guest is somebody called Francesca Erskine, and who are you? You're my daughter, aren't you? I'm your, I'm I'm James's daughter. And how old are you? Five and three quarters. When were you five and three quarters? Today. Right now, first question. What is life like during lockdown? 
Life like during lockdown is quite bad because we want it to like be better again and nice and better. But life like feeling in lockdown, I feel like it's never gonna end because um I want to stay at home and and have more breaks and and end the school earlier. So um and that's why I like homeschooling better. Tell the audience that are listening, there's an audience of marketing professionals, media professionals, people that want to know about youth culture and youth marketing. Tell them about how you're doing your ballet class at the moment. I'm doing my ballet class on Zoom. And what does that mean? Does that mean you can't see the teacher? It means I can see the teacher and she's showing me what to do and doing ballet at home. Okay. Next guest is Frederick Erskine. Freddie... Um, could you explain to the audience who you are? I am James's son. And how old are you? I'm eight. Okay, and what are you doing during lockdown? Uh, I'm glued to playing French cricket, my PS4 and FIFA 20. It's actually quite fun, but uh, the thing I like most about lockdown is the same as Frankie. It's um, quite, it's to say, um, look, our school is shorter and we get more breaks. And are you doing any work? Uh, yeah, I'm doing touch typing at the moment. And what about when school's back on? Will you be doing lessons then? Tell them about how your lessons work. Uh, my lessons work on Microsoft Teams. And then you can download the class assignments and then yeah. upload the work, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's been insightful. That was a real life um, uh, chat with both a. Are you four? No, I'm five and three quarters. And you're ten? No, I'm eight. Okay, fine. Real life children. Um, on with the next guest. So, last to join us is Daniel Collins, who I'm lucky enough to work with at Rocket. Um, Danny, I wanted to look at kind of some of the changes that you're seeing in terms of what are rocket clients doing first of all um yeah have you seen any changes any shifts in client spend well at the minute for rocket a few of our clients there has been a change um especially in terms of like say maybe budget pausing but some of our clients actually kind of pivoting the way they spend their budget so obviously with the uncertainty kind of where we are at the moment, I'm seeing maybe the larger campaigns for some of our clients that they probably planned uh, at the later point of last year going a bit on pause. But however, with everyone being on lockdown, we're actually seeing quite a few campaigns um, kind of pivot the spending where they may have been on, say, like outdoor or more traditional media um, and pivoting to spend that on sort of more digital first platforms. Okay, so things like cinemas closing has meant a shift from to to digital as well as kind of the medium, if you like. Have you noticed any kind of tonal shift? Have you noticed brands talking to to audiences in a different way? Yeah, well, I think it was I read that Kantar research recently that actually like the majority of the population, like ninety two percent, did actually think that brands uh should carry on advertising but i think brands have switched their kind of tone of it so they're kind of making uh putting their audience first so kind of what they're saying is keeping it quite authentic and keeping it real so for example um 
here at Rocket, we focus on parent and youth brands. So we're finding a shift maybe like with our publishers sort of promoting more of their educational material for their audience. Um, so where brands are less sort of targeting the sort of more high street retail sort of buying now, but kind of giving something to their audience. So we've seen a huge rise in like live streams, brands sort of giving parents maybe teaching materials to do at home with their kids and all of the content they're putting out there is more interactive and it's just a bit more authentic and kind of keeping it real. Um, so they're still communicating, but they've maybe shifted from a less salesy message to a more supportive message. Okay. And let's be blunt. Are things more expensive? Are things cheaper? Are prices fluctuating? Are there any kind of trends you can pluck out there? What's better value? Well, at the minute, um, obviously with everything, it's supply and demand sometimes. So I think you'll naturally see maybe an increase on your digital metrics like cost per clicks, cost per thousand, uh, maybe an increase in your cost per conversions because I think the demand would be quite high for the digital platform. However, I know a lot of the media owners are working quite collaboratively with agencies at the minute. So to ensure it's not too much of a drastic up, like kind of rise. Like, for example, I think at the minute as well, like you've seen recently, like a 25% increase in engagement across the social platforms. And there's been a 72% in, increase in the hashtag ad content by influencers. So it's definitely sort of more spend going into that digital space. So there's more spend going into influencers. I wasn't aware of that. And uh, um, people are getting better value for it, are they? Well, if you think about it, um, influencers, you're not just looking at targeting their engaged audience. Uh, influencers are actually content creators themselves. So whereas you as a brand might not be able to mobilize these sort of quite large shoots or you're sort of sending out lots of like, uh, I suppose, um, like crews to film like open days or maybe crews to film um, some like quite high profile like videos. What you're actually finding is using influencers as content creators, as well as uh, using them to talk to their engaged audience. Okay. And um, are there any kind of big trends have you noticed? Uh, what, what's, what's happening in the world of social? Well, you can't help but open every social uh, platform at the minute and just be flooded with Instagram lives, Twitch lives, Zoom chats, TikToks. Uh, so I, I think what you've seen is that reaction of people being a bit more sort of, I suppose, like video facing, like live. It's very much like as it happened. Um, so obviously with the rise of House Party app as well, um, you're just seeing brands kind of use different social platforms like facilities to talk to their audience more and what's driving that boredom <laughs> yeah being exactly. stuck inside. <laughs> yeah okay. uh, and it's just do you know what so, some part of this is kind of almost push brands into experimenting with the different different kind of media formats that you can do with um sort of social so probably half of the brands that you see live now probably wouldn't have gone live but now just because there's been a big rush in it and you're seeing competitor brands doing it and you're a bit of boredom, um, you're actually seeing quite a lot of uh, progress being made in that sort of arena. Nice. Um, Danny, have we covered everything? Is there anything else that our audience should know about? What, what, what would you say is a key takeaway for the marketplace, for media, for social media right now? So a key takeaway, I think, for this time for brands is to put your audience first and make sure what you're saying is authentic and keeping it real but also give them something back. So make sure your content is interactive, it's creative. Obviously, as I've just said, we've seen a huge rise in live streams um, and interacting with your audience in a direct way. 
So it's still good to be creative, but just having the mind of the position where your audience are and what they're going through at the moment. This is a Rocket Audio production.